Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 38 of Swimming Upstream. Daniel DeVivo and I are back and are pleased to bring you an exclusive interview with our April prospect of the month, Pensacola Blue Wahoos catcher, Paul McIntosh. All this man has done since being signed as an undrafted free agent last year is produced positive results on both sides of the baseball, hitting for power while limiting strikeouts on offense and earning top marks from guys like Yuri Perez, Zach McCambly, pitching coach Dave Island, and others for his receiving and games calling skills on defense. PMAC joins us today to discuss his journey in baseball so far, being signed by his hometown team, his break into pro ball last year, and how he's been able to keep producing despite the quick jump up to double A this year, and much more. So without any further ado, guys, here it is. Danny and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Paul McIntosh. Ladies and gentlemen, pleased to be joined by a very special guest on Swimming Upstream, the catcher for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and our April prospect of the month for everything that he's done offensively and defensively. We're going to ask him about all this stuff today. Mr. Paul McIntosh, PMAC, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome, man. We're going to get right to it. Um, I'm just going to go try to get briefly, uh, as briefly as we can through your uh, career so far. Uh, in baseball. And the first one we got to ask, everybody knows that you played with West Virginia. You played in Tennessee and Juco before that as well. Uh, But Mm -hmm. really you're a South Floridian, just like me. So you grew up in Miami gardens. You went to Dade Christian and Hialeah grew up not too far away from uh, the Marlins old stadium, uh, Joe Robbie player, whatever you want to call it. So a very important question to kick off the interview. I know you're born in Georgia, Braves (laughs) fan or Marlins fan. And how many games did you attend growing up? Actually, uh, I went to a lot of Marlins games growing up. Um, I was never really originally a Marlins fan. I mean, I was a fan of that um, that team with Hanley, Chris Coughlin, and all those guys. Um, but I was a Jason Veritek fan growing up, so I was a little bit of a Red Sox fan. That's cool, man. Um, so you passed those teenage years and drafted by the Angels in, in, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, after your, your one year at Modlow in Tennessee, right? Yes. And um, undrafted in 2021, though. So can you kind of take us through that process? What were you thinking at the time? Was it ever kind of a, a question in your mind um, that you were going to be a big leaguer, that you were going to be a professional baseball player? Um, in 2018, I was like, well, the Angels are giving me this opportunity. Um, I didn't feel like it was the right time, so I decided to go to West Virginia and go there for a couple years. Um, in my time there, it was a really fun time, and I really got to grow and develop with a bunch of really good guys. You know, um, I was on that team with Alec Manoa, and we hosted the regional and whatnot. Um, it was a really fun time there, but you know, in my development there, I really, really got to see what that work looks like in order to, you know, be a professional baseball player and then eventually be a big leaguer. But um, it's a lot more realistic now. Gotcha. Yeah, you get the call. Um, Marlins call you. Um, you started your career with Jupiter in August. Um, so mm-hmm. tell us about getting the call from Miami, your hometown team, even though you weren't a fan. It's OK. <laughs> um, what do you think about about getting that call? How'd that go? What were your reactions? It's actually really funny that you um, that you asked me that, because I think it was like it was after day three or something like that. And um, I was sitting there asleep, getting ready to go out to another summer ball game. I was playing that at MLB draft league. So. I'm still asleep. It's like 1130 in the morning. I was kind of still upset about, you know, not getting a phone call during the draft. And Alex Smith, the scout that um, that saw me a bunch at West Virginia, he 
called me up. He was like, Hey, are you upset? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I am a little upset. He was like, you want to, you want to come play professional baseball for the Miami Marlins? I was like, it's a no brainer. Yes, sir. Let's do it. It's amazing, man. It really is. Um, and, but, but so Jupiter, you just came in and, and really, um, surprised everyone you know that power that you showed last year really was crazy you get now the quick push to to double a this year what would you say is different about double a ball um how did you adjust if you did need to adjust because it doesn't <laughs> look like it man <laughs> um i mean it's a big adjustment mentally because you know you're not going to get a hit every every night you go out there obviously now um pitching is a lot a lot different guys have command of everything that they want to throw Um, they really use the scouting reports seriously and attack your weaknesses and stuff like that. And then, you know, guys stuff is just all around better. And then defense is a whole lot better too. You, <laughs> those balls aren't dropping like they normally do. I think Teodosio robbed me of extra bases. I think it was two nights ago. I smoked the line drive in the, in the right center field gap and he caught it. I was like, well, <laughs> I laughed my way all the way back into the dugout. <laughs> Yeah, double A's for sure. A different animal, as you mentioned. But um, to go back really quick, uh, you mentioned the draft league. Um, 2021, the first time, obviously, we've had the draft league. You were still playing with West Virginia in the same stadium that you played college ball in. So yeah. I, I believe that was your first time playing with wood bats. So as you came into Jupiter and now, as Danny mentions, going into double A, what, mm -hmm. did, what did the draft league do for you? I know it was only like 17 games, but um, your experience yeah. in the draft league, can you speak about that? Um, it was a really cool experience. It actually prepped you for professional baseball, honestly, because the travel, the food, you know, all that, all that type stuff, the, just the typical minor league baseball day. Um, and then of course the wood bats, it was nice to get the wood bat in my hand before I got here to pro ball. Um, it was just a really good all around experience. Regarding, um, playing catcher full time, which is, which is really what we're seeing this year in comparison to last year. Um, how did that process go? Is that something that the, that the team came came to you told you like hey we'd like you to do this specifically or was it more you uh, letting them know like how you felt um how do you feel about kind of handling this 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 staff uh that really is amazing long term it's kind of a two-part question there full-time uh catcher right. and then telling us a little bit about these these amazing kids in Eudi Soriano McCambly um that crazy <laughs> beautiful bullpen that you guys yes. have over there Uh, to answer the first question, um, I made it known that I would do whatever this organization needs me to do to help as soon as I possibly can. Um, and then I was tasked with the staff to, um, to you know, <laughs> one, get better behind the plate, and then two, help these guys develop as well. Um, really is a blessing that they tasked me with this staff, as good as they are. Um, this is by far the best pitching staff that I've ever seen with my own two eyes and ever had my my hands on as a catcher um it's challenging but it's awesome at the same time got you uh, and in regards to catching um i know you went through one of these the other one you haven't seen yet but i want to ask you about a couple of uh adjustments on the i guess technical side of baseball the first one's automated balls and strikes you know you mm -hmm. saw this in jupiter Are you a fan? Are you not? Are you the guy that wants to go out there and steal strikes? Are, are you that kind of catcher? Uh, what do you think about ABS? Yeah, the automatic strike zone. I mean, it takes away the human element of the game. It, it'll take away, like, receiving numbers and stuff like that. So you can't really see if a catcher is impacting the game like that or whatnot. Um, 
yeah, no automating strike zone right now. I'm not a fan of it at all. And then from the hitting side, like guys throw balls nowhere close to where, you, where you're going to be able to even hit it and it clips his own strike three, like which just should not be here right now. But I know others' opinions. Got you. Yeah, I know a lot of people agree with you too. And then my other, my other one on this same front is pitch comp. I know you, I don't think you guys have used it yet, but um, uh, on game calling, is this something that you would, would be a fan of, or is it kind of, you like, you like throwing down the signs? Uh, what, what do you think about that? I think it would be pretty cool to implement here, but um, you know, with the pitch clock, I mean, I don't think that, that that would be pretty viable for us because how long it would take or step offs, we have disengagements now. So you only get like one or two, something like that, or it's a ball. So I feel like it would be just a whole big mess. Got you. I think we got just two more, man, before we let you get out of here. Um, the second to last one for me, and then I'll let Danny finish it up, is um, you're pretty pretty patient uh, at the plate. And it's kind of rare to see that out of, especially out of a catcher. I know you've played other positions before. So um, in juggling catching and everything that you just mentioned uh, about handling the staff and being a catcher and being the guy that's back there pretty much every day, um, talk about the patient element. What is your regular approach like at the plate at Batu at Bat? Um, the approach really stays the same. It's just get something out over the plate that I know I can put a good swing on. And if it's not in that spot, then I'm not going to swing. Um, and then, I mean, we use scouting reports and stuff like that too. I don't really hold too much stock in the scouting report unless I really need to, like if a guy's like to the certain percentage for this pitch, then, I mean, I'm going to probably look there, but the, the approach stays the same for the most part. And, uh, to finish off here, um, what would you say uh, a successful end to 2022 looks like for, for Paul McIntosh? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, just helping this organization as best as I possibly can. I mean, whatever the future holds is what it holds. I mean, I got high expectations. And that's, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> good stuff. Perfect. Well, man, Paul, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. We know you got a game to get to here in a couple hours. Like I said, Pensacola trying to sweep the Rocket City trash fan tonight. They're winners of five straight. A lot of that has to do with Paul's work, both offensively and defensively. So again, Paul, man, it's been great to talk to you. It was great to meet you this spring. It's great to see you now. So thanks again for coming on and agreeing to do this. We really appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck, man, the rest of the way. Hope to see you down here back in Miami as soon as possible. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. It means a lot. So there you have it, guys. Some great stuff from a guy who has gotten off to a flying start in his pro career, despite having his college career limited by, of course, COVID in 2020. He goes undrafted, and now here he is producing uh, on absolutely every level possible. Super easy guy to root for. I really love stories like this. Uh, Paul just comes out of nowhere. 25-year-old guy, plays an extremely thin position for the Marlins organizationally and plays it very well. Man, I think this guy could be a guy that the team fast tracks to the big leagues. With continued production, I really don't think it's going to be long until we see him at Lone Depot Park, potentially backing up Stallings and or assuming some DH duties. So that's going to do it, guys, for episode 38 of Swimming Upstream. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We thank Paul McIntosh for taking the time to join the show. We also want to thank the Blue Wahoos and Miami Marlins communications teams for putting this together for us. And that's going to do it for now. We'll see you guys next time on Swimming Upstream. <laughs>